I'm Sid. And I'm Jess. And, and this, this is, is the Book Boyfriend Project. So, today's episode is going to be about books that, like... Tore our heart to shreds. Hit us in the feels. I feel like whenever, when we're talking about, like, books that make us feel like this, like, I imagine, like, if you took, like, your heart out of your chest and it was, like, made of, like, glass, like, red glass or something, and these books are just, like, a giant-ass sledgehammer, and it's just, like, boom! Yeah. <laughs> That's... That's how we feel. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely how I feel. Um, so, just like a disclaimer, all like we're gonna do about four books, three books each, and three of my books are by Colleen Hoover. Yeah, she is an amazing author. She makes all of her characters so so relatable, and every single time I read one of her books, if I open a new one of her books, it's why I can't like binge all of her books all at once. Because once I open one of her books, I know by the time I hit, like, 80%, I will have cried at least once. And then I'm probably going to cry for the remaining 20% of the book. Yeah. And I just, and you just learn how to, like, read through your tears with these <laughs> books. It's a really good thing that I've read all of these on, you know, um, ebook style. Because I feel like I would have, like, ink spread the pages oh, if yeah. I was reading these as paperbacks. Definitely. Um, I actually finished one of a Colleen Hoover book while at work one day and that was a terrible idea it was bad um not not good no (laughs) no so my first book is ugly love and i'll just read you guys the blurb when tate collins meets airline pilot miles archer she doesn't think it's love at first sight they wouldn't even go so far as to consider themselves friends the only thing tate and miles have in common is an undeniable mutual attraction Once their desires are out in the open, they realize they have the perfect setup. He doesn't want love, she doesn't have time for love, so that just leaves the sex. Their arrangement could be surprisingly seamless as long as Tay can stick to the only two rules Miles has for her. Never ask about the past, don't expect a future. They think they can handle it, but realize almost immediately they can't handle it at all. Hearts get infiltrated, promises get broken, rules get shattered, love gets ugly. So this book is amazing. It was the first Colleen Hoover book I ever read. When I originally purchased this book, it was $7.99. When I first purchased it, it was in, Amazon actually tells me, it was July 1st of 2015. So at this point, I was almost 16 years old when I read this book, and I had seen this book pop up in my Amazon recommended probably for the previous two years. And at that point, at 16 years old, eight bucks on an ebook was a lot to spend for me. Mm-hmm. And I think this was the first book that I bought on Amazon that was, you know, over $4. Mm-hmm. And the way that this book is set up, you have Tate's perspective from the present, but then every other chapter you get Miles's perspective from when he was 17, when he was, like, having his first, like, real relationship kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where all of the pain and heartbreak comes from is like what makes miles closed off to love Mm -hmm. i cried for probably an hour while reading this book it was the ending like not the ending ending but like the like last like 15 percent of this book is just heart-wrenchingly beautiful Mm -hmm. and traumatic and it's been at the top of my favorite book list for past almost six years Mm -hmm. So, this one's also on my list. When Jess heard that I'd never read a Colleen Hoover book, she was like, okay, read Here's this your first one. So, I read this book, and I won't lie to you guys, this is not one of my favorite books. Like, I read it, and I thought Tate was whiny, and Miles was kind of an asshole, and I just was not really into it. 
And even so, it is still one of the most, like, heartbreaking books I've ever read in my entire life. Like, I was just, like, going along, reading the audiobook. I can remember, I think I was, like, I think I was getting ready to go to, like, I was doing my makeup or something. And I'm, like, I got to the part where it, like, rips your heart out and just, like, the feeling of horror and, like, my heart just shattering. Oh, my God. It was so much. It was hard. (laughs) Sobbing. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It it was just a lot. And I feel like with the other two books I'm going to mention, spoiler alert, Jess has more, like, books that hate me feels than I do. I I struggled to come up with three. But I feel like the other two books that I'm going to mention, they are so heartbreaking because I love the characters so much. But with this one, it wasn't even the characters that I loved. It was just, like... Situational trauma. Yeah. And that was just so completely devastating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I guess my second book is Clockwork Princess by Cassandra Clare. So, the other two books that I'm going to mention, I feel like they're kind of cheating because they're technically third books in the trilogy. So, I just have to, like, kind of describe the world and hope you guys trust me. Um, so in this world, this is part of the Shadowhunter world that Cassandra Clare has created, and this one's placed back in, like, I don't want to say it's, like, the 1800s or something. So there are three main characters in this book, Tessa, Will, and Jem. Will and Jem are Shadowhunters, and they're Parabatai, which just means that they're, like, they have, like, a special warrior bond between them that makes them, like, better suited for fighting, and they, like, magically bonded together. Um, and then Tessa is actually... She's technically a shapeshifter, but, like, kind of the first book is, like, her figuring out how and why and how to use her powers and all that. Um, And basically, the entire series is kind of a love triangle between the three of them, which, you know what, now that I'm, like, an adult, I don't know if I would be super excited about that, but I really enjoyed it. I was a teenager, and the ending of this is just, like, rip your heart out, stomp on it, try to glue it back together, and, like, hit it with a baseball bat. Um there's just there's so much love between the three of them it's it's like the weirdest love triangle because like will and Jem aren't competing for tessa openly but like will kind of steps aside and lets Jem take it but will is like broken deeply but Jem's like dying it's just uh, i can't i don't when i reread that series i don't reread that book most yeah. of the time yeah interesting it's not as bad now because, like, I know it's coming, but, like, the first time it, like, annihilated me. <laughs> <laughs> See, and for me, even when I, like, read mm-hmm. it, it, like, annihilates me. And when you reread it? Yeah. And then I, like, reread the, um, thing. Mm-hmm. It, like, annihilates me. Uh, Ugly Love just wrecks me. Um, so my next book is All Your Perfects, also a Colleen Hoover book. Um, the blurb is Quinn and Graham's perfect love is threatened by their imperfect marriage. The memories, mistakes, and secrets that they have built up over the years are now tearing them apart. The one thing that could save them might also be the very thing that pushes pushes their marriage beyond the point of repair. All Your Perfects is a profound novel about a damaged couple whose potential future hinges on promises made in the past. This is a heartbreaking page-turner that asks, can a resounding love with a perfect beginning survive a lifetime between two imperfect people? And so, major spoiler, this one, the reason that their marriage is so troubled is because Quinn and Graham struggle with fertility, and I forget why, but something in Graham's past makes it impossible for them to adopt. Mm -hmm. Um, They've tried multiple adopting agencies, and none of them will allow it and so 
this book struggles a lot with infertility issues and what happens to a marriage when the woman desperately wants children and it kind of like tears them apart and this novel it just it completely wrecked me mm-hmm. and I completely resonated with this novel so so much because like I want kids desperately when I'm older and so the idea that this could happen to my own marriage if I had the same issues that they have just like completely wrecked me mm-hmm. and it just made this one made was felt just so much more personal than Ugly Love did. Mm -hmm. And this one, I think, might take the cake for, like, emotionally damaging Mm -hmm. to my soul. Like, not permanent damage, but, like, (laughs) in-the-moment damage. Um, I think I cried the most. Because this one, it wasn't like a, I cried at the ending. Like, I was crying, like, every couple chapters. I was, like, in tears from this book. I feel like even based off just a little bit that you told me about it, I haven't read this one. Um, this one's just so much more relatable than Ugly Love was. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the trauma that Miles went through... Miles, right? Mm-hmm. Miles went through was so specific mm-hmm. that it's not impossible for other people to experience it, but, like, rare. Yeah. Where this is, like, this could literally happen to anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... So, do you only have one more book to talk about? I do only have one more. Do you want to talk about okay. another one? Yeah, I'm going to talk about the next one. Okay. I'm going to talk about my last Colleen Hoover book. Um, so, this next one is called Hopeless, and I will read you the blurb. Uh, Sometimes discovering the truth can leave you more hopeless than believing the lies. That's what 17-year-old Sky realizes after she meets Dean Holder, a guy with a reputation that rivals her own and an uncanny ability to invoke feelings in her she's never had before. He terrifies her and captivates her all in the span of one encounter, and something about the way he makes her feel sparks buried memories from a past she wishes could just stay buried. Sky struggles to keep him at a distance, knowing he's nothing but trouble, but Holder insists on learning everything about her. After finally caving to his unwavering pursuit, Skye soon finds that Holder isn't at all who he's been claiming to be. When the secrets he's been keeping are finally revealed, every single facet of Skye's life will change forever. Ooh. This book was completely heart-wrenching. Skye has... So Skye lives with her aunt. She's lived with her aunt since she was about five or six years old she doesn't really have any memories of the time before she was five or six and Holder is someone that she knew it was like her next door neighbor when she was younger and lived with her um, mother and father and so I won't give away more than that but this it was just, just so traumatic like the reason her brain has like gave her amnesia and the things that she experienced was just it was so, so heart-wrenching. And there's actually a second book in this series that's called Losing Hope that is from Holder's point of view. It shows it from, like, when... I I, I haven't read that one. Honestly, this one, like, made me cry so much that I'm, like, scared to know, like, Holder's thoughts. <laughs> and, like, know everything, like, from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So, like... Yeah, this one was just really, really, really sad. Yeah, it sounds like it. It was, like, the love story was beautiful. The entire book was beautiful. And sometimes, I feel like Colleen had, like, 
touches on like traumatic things that most authors like don't want to talk about and don't want to touch on Mm -hmm. but they're also very realistic things that happen in our society that no one ever really wants to discuss Mm -hmm. and I don't know I love her books and I don't know that I would read such emotionally traumatizing books if she didn't do them so well and always give them a happily ever after yeah (laughs) um but yeah if you're going to cry that much, you better get a happily ever after. Oh, you do. You do. Yeah. I don't know. I, like, sometimes you tell me about these books, and I'm like, oh, I want to read those. But then you're like, I cried for, like, four hours. I'm like, mm, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. <laughs> I mean, they're definitely, like, you just need to, like, be prepared. Like, hey, like, I know I'm going to cry. I'm not going to wear mascara while reading this book. And... It's going to be beautiful and turn out fine in the end. Mm-hmm. Like, you just got to go into it with, like, hey, like, I know this is going to happen. It's not a big deal. Like, crying isn't bad. No, it's not bad. Sometimes it's very refreshing, and sometimes I read one of these books just because I feel like I need to cry, but, like, the tears won't come properly. So I'm like, okay, let's go damage our soul. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not sure how... <laughs> how healthy that is but we'll revisit that later (laughs) it's fine it's fine um my final book is queen of air and darkness so this is once again a cassandra clare novel it's the third one in the uh this is the third book of the dark artifices series um still within the shadow hunter world and this series is just written so very differently than all the other series she has um a lot of the other series that she has within this world are kind of from the perspective, or at least partially from the perspective, of someone who's, like, new to this whole Shadowhunter world. So, like, they don't know the demons exist, or they don't know, like, what Shadowhunters are, or whatever. Um, this book is about Emma and Julian. Emma and Julian um, both had really traumatic events happen in their childhood, and their parents were killed. So, Emma and Julian are Parabatai, which I mentioned before, are just, like, a special warrior bond. You get to choose your Parabatai. Um, and they're, like, closer than best friends. They're, like, basically siblings. Um, and so, Emma and Julian did this so they wouldn't be separated after they were, after they were orphaned. Because when you're a shadow hunter, if your parents die, you can be sent to, like, another institute. And institutes are, like, the... Um, kind of like the local governing bodies of the Shadowhunter world. And Emma and Julian didn't want to be separated, so they're staying together. And so they live in the Los Angeles Institute with Julian's uncle Andrew, I want to say his name is, or something like that. He's kind of lost his mind. So Julian has four younger siblings, and he's basically been running the Institute and playing mom and dad for the past, like, I don't know, I think it's like five or six years by the time the book is written. And Emma's just kind of been, Emma is, has her own trauma and she's like desperate to find who killed her parents because there was like a war and technically their parents both died in the war, but Julian's parents died differently and Emma's parents just kind of like appeared as dead bodies. So she doesn't have that closure. And basically, I feel like I'm I'm lightly spoiling this trilogy. Basically... Emma and Julian end up having feelings for each other, but you're not supposed to be with your parabatai because that warps the bond 
romantic feelings towards each other warps the bond unrequited love doesn't but like if it's returned it warps the bond and like you start being you at first you become more powerful but then like the power is too much and you end up destroying each other so like that's like the kind of shtick for this whole thing and of course eventually they end up being together for a little bit but they have to like I forget if it's Emma or Julia I think Emma does it Emma like breaks Julian's heart on purpose to try to like stop the bond from warping and destroying their little family and it's just really sad because they're both really alone this one's like not as gut-wrenching I won't lie I told you guys I was really struggling but it did make me sad so do they end up continuing to be parabatai in the end or do like you can't sever the parabatai bond once you like carve through yeah yeah i'm not spoiling that part of it okay fine don't spoil it (laughs) you have to read it okay um so my last book today is going to be the dugout by megan quinn it is the second book in the brentwood baseball series and i will read you the uh, synopsis let me ask you a question if someone is vying for your spot on a team and just so happens to injure you during practice would you believe it was on purpose word around campus is it was no accident that injury has cost me everything my starting position my junior year and the draft now i'm a senior fresh off recovery struggling to find my groove until the day i run into a nervous fidgety girl with freckles in the dining hall They call Millie Potter the baseball whisperer, the diamond wizard, and the epitome of all knowledge. She believes in baseball. She breathes it. She's the queen of an infamous dynasty, but no one actually knows who she really is, and she plans to keep it that way. One mishap in the panini line, one miscommunication (laughs) in the weight room, and many failed attempts at an apology equal up to one solid truth. Millie Potter never wants to speak to me again, no matter how good my forearms look. (laughs) Little do we both know she's about to become more than just my fairy ball mother. Oh. So, I love the Brentwood Baseball Series um, things, and this one was the first book that I read. I was actually a little annoyed that I read this one first instead of the first book in the series, which is called The Locker Room. Um, But this one was amazing I loved it so much I loved Millie and I loved uh, I believe it's Carter Carter or Carson it's Carson it's, it's Carson. Millie and Carson I, I loved Carson their story was so beautiful until like the very end ish when they like broke up and the breakup stays like they break up for like four years and like the way that they break up and the way that he like breaks up with her and the reasoning for it just, like, make me so sad, and, like, I completely understand Carson's point of view in this book, like, it, like, he just, it, the reasoning for them breaking up, like, I feel like I could see myself doing that for that reason, like, I completely understand it, mm-hmm. and I understand his reasoning, which is why I think it made me even more sad. Oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah. yeah. I like, get to read that one. I kind of accidentally started that series in the middle. Yep. Because those, well, like, I think it was, like, the fourth or fifth book was available as an audiobook, and I was kind of looking for an audiobook at the time. I was like, hey, Jess likes these, so I dove in. So I already know that, like, they end up together, but, like, mm-hmm. I don't know how. Yeah, um, I'm going to force her to read these ones. I think I'm going to continue to force her to read them out of order and read this one. Um, 
like, whenever she wants to, because, like, the other one's, like, good. Like, the first one is good, but I wouldn't say it's, like, as good as this one. Mm-hmm. And, like, What's eh? the first one about? The first one? It's not Jason and Daddy, is it? No, that's the third book. It's about the other one. Marcus? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's... I... I don't know. It's... I don't know. <laughs> it's about Carson's best friend. I don't know who Carson's best friend is. Let me, let me look it up, because now I'm curious. It's because he, he's also... It's called The Locker Room. It's 99 cents today. And it is... About... It is about... They have their names on here. They never have. It's about Emery and... No, that's still Emery. Emery and Knox? Yeah, Knox, I believe. Yeah, I don't know much about Knox. He's on the Bobbies, isn't he? Mm, Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's Emery and Knox. Gotcha. Um, like, I like them, but I wasn't, like, as in love with Emery as I was with Millie. Like, Knox is great. I love him. He's, like, my favorite. Mm-hmm. Well, he's, like, one of my favorite, but, like, I wasn't in love with Emery as much as I was with Millie. Like, Millie's, like, the top one in... Like, Millie's, like, my favorite girl out of all of them. Yeah. All of the girlfriends, she's my favorite. Yeah. I think I had a little blurb of them in... Um, what's the one with Corey? The trade? Mm-hmm. And now, now I'm kind of, like, good after looking at some of the Amazon reviews. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I'll just pretend like I read it. No! I don't want to read it. Read it. <laughs> you have to go back. You have to read it. This is your fault for reading them out of order. You didn't tell me there was an order. I told you there was an order. Okay, fine. I just didn't listen. You didn't. You were like, mm, I like this one. I'm gonna get this one. Right, I feel like we're word vomiting now. I think we, we need are. to be done. Um, yeah, we're we're done. Um, <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening. Leave us a review. Subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Look at our socials. All that jazz. We love we hanging love out you. with you. We've just we've <laughs> recorded like five episodes. This today. is the like fifth episode we've recorded today. Um, but we love you guys. So we just do. like do your thing. Stay tuned. It gets yeah. better. <laughs> it's it's fine. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Yep. <laughs>